And um, when Adam's talking, like just put the, his camera on him. Won't be anything interesting. Okay. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the one where. Welcome back to the one where. My name is Kyle Wolf. I'm your host. And on the buttons today we've got Tashi. Hello. Hiya. Hello. Um, and in the hot seat today we have Mr. Adam Kirby. Hey, how are you on this fine Sunday evening? Oh, I couldn't be better. I get to come to Vauxhall. Uh, I get to miss out on a curry. I get to see <laughs> your face. Um, I don't know which one of those things <laughs> I enjoy the most. Uh, what kind of curry are you going to be getting? I think it's a paneer that's in a plastic bag. <laughs> things are going well. <laughs> things are going great. If you, if anyone's listening here and they want to know what a comedian's diet in London is. <laughs> It's plastic bag curry. Yeah, it's, it's a step up from tins, though. It's going well. Okay, it's going well. What do we? So, what kind of branding are we talking about here? We're talking Sainsbury's, Marks and Spencer's. What are we talking? World Food Section. World of, Food Section. Yeah. So it's kind of you know it's it's like going on a bit of an adventure every time you go down there. It's like cans of like. KA soda, the noodles that all have kimchi in it, and then this sort of Indian selection of stuff that's curries in cardboard boxes in plastic bags. That's not inside me right now. Like I do, I. Now you mentioned KA, man. That was my drink back in the day. Is, is it KA? Because I, I thought it was like, is it car? No, but no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's KA. Don't worry, it's KA. It's KA. I, I, I don't know whether it'd be like appropriation if I just started drinking it, but no, uh, right. no, I could do that. Yeah, that's fine. White, yeah. people drank, white people used to drink it as well. Oh, right, oh, cool. No. Oh, London, so multicultural. I know, right? <laughs> so how? So when did you move down here from Scotland? I moved down here in the year of our Lord, 2006. Okay. A very long time ago. Was that? Yeah. Straight after uni, came oh. down here to the bright lights, streets paved for dog shit, <laughs> everything I dreamed of. <laughs> so, what was it that brought you down? Like um, a job in um, advertising, yeah. Uh, coming, it's hard to do advertising in Aberdeen. Do you want to buy some oil? Yes, uh, is generally how that argument goes. So uh, yeah, coming down to uh, sell much more wholesome things like McDonald's, oh, yeah. um, Nor Chicken Tonight, <laughs> uh, and um, a phone company called Nokia. Do you remember that? I don't oh know. yeah, I, I've seen them. Remember something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were sort of a, a, a wind-up telephone company <laughs> at the time, which um, I found with a lot of the clients that I had, though they all went out of business not long after so <laughs> so what was your not this is I'm, I'm fascinated now what was your nor chicken to, I mean yeah chicken tonight advert because I, I remember those as a child like growing up in like the 90s you just see I've never had one but you'd always see the advert of, I feel chicken, like chicken, chicken tonight, tonight, chicken tonight. tonight. I didn't do that oh. uh, I was <laughs> I was in the much more glamorous world of uh, on-pack promotions and it was uh, an idea to band together ragu and chicken tonight under the banner of Noor where we put them in a little plant pots and they came with free seeds so you can grow your own herbs oh, what a beautiful. time more plastic for the sea yeah <laughs> just what the world needed at the time but it was a different time a better time a more wholesome time a time where turtles deserve to die. So what was the, I don't want to say the worst client. Does that sound? Because <laughs> I, I also have a professional also, side. So I don't... Out, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, what was the most interesting job that you've, that you've taken on as an, an advertising? 
the most interesting job. To say there's an interesting one would belie the, uh, the truth of the matter. Uh, no, everyone, every one of them comes with their own client, uh, their own tribulations. Everyone, but, everyone of them comes with their own client. <laughs> each one comes with their own clients. <laughs> they, they, they don't just like you doing it for free, really. Yeah. Uh, no, um, the amount of work that you put in compared to the amount of conversations that one has with other people that have an inflated sense of how important <laughs> flogging <laughs> tissues is, uh, how that's going to change the world, the brand metrics and social media influence of things like uh, television. Have you, have you tried watching television? Have I tried? Uh, it's good, no. isn't it? Is it? It's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. You should buy one. Is that's it? essentially how that went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, a lot of soulless advertising shenanigans. But in amongst that, having a good time doing a little bits of comedy. What's the, what's the worst advert that you've done? Uh, the worst one. I did one which um, could be described as pretty racist. Excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I'm so excited. Go on. So uh, you'll have to search really hard online for this, but Nokia had a presence in India, and uh, it was an advert to sell Bluetooth headsets as accessories. And this was a build on a... Europe ad, which was called the pocket dance, which you know when you're looking for your phone and you go like, that was the pocket dance. Yeah. And then we had to do it for India, and uh, you know, you know Bollywood, you know, you know Bollywood musicals, yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now imagine that built up to a big old stage show oh. where a person comes out on a horse and loads of people do that and do that, and you got two white people sitting there just sweating in Mumbai. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, that was good. And and when it came out. You looked. At it. it was not long after YouTube came out, and um, the comment section really did spell it out. Maybe <laughs> this is a little bit insensitive for the Finnish phone megacorp uh, to be having. I think there was elephants in there. There was, uh, yeah, all sorts. A lot, a lot of people in turbans doing Bangra dancing, no. or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, good I times. Mean, who said? Who's who said yes to that? Um, Nokia and my creative director at the time, so I had to oh. go along with it. But I got tripped to Mumbai, and that was all right. So yeah, that's fine. Good times. Listen, man, if you sell your soul for a holiday, yeah, pretty much. That's what I do every day. So yeah, yeah. that's what everyone does, really. Yeah, totally. It's good. Don't, who needs souls anyway? Nah, it's shoe companies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you've so you started so you started off in you started off in Aberdeen. You went to university in Scotland. I right? went to university yeah. in Carlisle because. Ah. I'm not good enough to get into a Scottish art school. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, across the border by a whole 13 miles because I got a bit scared being far away from home. So just <laughs> just, just see, being able to you know, stare over Hadrian's Wall um, kind of you know, stop the pangs of uh, homesickness. But yeah, three years in Carlisle, down to London, then been here ever since. Okay. How, did, like, how did the whole pandemic situation affect your work because I'm assuming a lot of it now is done on computers and stuff. Well yeah, like like the it's it's be it was it was kind of it was good for a while working from home and then uh literally on the day of lockdown getting announced my girlfriend at the time moved in and we moved into a one bedroom flat and oh. that was tense for a while but uh, eventually I just drowned it out with headphones and uh, we got through it in the end nice. but uh, yeah lockdown was fine so did two years of that and I was working for a company we were based up in Leeds so even when the pandemic passed a lot of the time I was still just sitting in my pants at home <laughs> and, and speaking to cats quite a lot nice. and kind of not not being able to socialize and then forgetting how the tube worked and then <laughs> I, I just started a new job where i'm actually going into an office now and that feels nice there's, there's banter 
with people. It's office workplace banter now. There's a water cooler. Oh, we stand no. by it. We talk about... Does that actually happen in offices? Oh, yeah. yeah you stand by the water cooler and you talk about water cooler and filtration. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's wicked. It's the best thing ever is uh, other people because the cats... They, they were they're not very good conversationalists, are they, cats? No, like, like they're, they're, they're delightful to cuddle, but... Um, well, that, that when, is... when, they when they want to be cuddled. Yes, well, that, that is the trade-off. You know, you get more conversation in the office, but you get less cuddles, and I've been told it needs to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many HR... How many times have you been up those stairs? To say that the places that I had that I've worked at had HR would be a gross overestimation <laughs> of what it was. Yeah, it's someone that took a disliking to something that you that you said. I once had, um, what was it? I once got accused of sexism uh, when someone had written in my in my notepad a, a big cock, and then I put that on the company intranet going, whoever did this, please come and see me. <laughs> um, and then that got insinuated that I was drawing cocks and trying asking. to get, and I was like, no. No, that's not the case. No. I was trying to make a thing, and I went. I went. I left work that evening, and I came back to a, literally a, a litany of of emails, a barrage of text messages. The next morning, I was like, "Oh, something bad has happened." But uh, <laughs> yeah, part you know, that's that's the ones I got away with anyway. So, so how did that? How did someone misinterpret someone at you? Asking someone to come forward and say to say who did who actually drew this it to was, you. I think it was literally the day that the Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, so, oh, <laughs> so the whole uh, thing just felt a little bit, yeah. It was so you're not the best time. So you were like, that was the worst time to do a good deed. Right? It was the worst time to try and call out someone who I thought I was getting the sexual advances, which you know was was kind of the the problem. So um, yeah, hashtag Adam's Me Too <laughs> moment. <laughs> Oh God, oh, I'm, God, I'm already no, cancelling no. your podcast. I mean, on this, fine, what are we through? Three minutes? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. About racism, sexism, anything else? Let's kicking kittens. Let's, well, we haven't kicked any kittens just no. yet, but that, I'm sure that we'll do that afterwards. Yeah. So, did you did your work have to did your work stop down? Did uh, did your workflow kind of stop when it was in lockdown, or did you get to, did you get to do a lot of freelancing? Just a lot, lot of freelancing. I, I then I got full time job during lockdown which was very good but yeah it was just a sort of that's lucky cons- man like a lot of people well a lot of people either had to take other jobs yeah or were having to, well having to go on the furlough scheme but that's re- that's amazing that well you actually got- I'd, I'd come i'd come out of doing a post-grad masters mm-hmm. and i was like right ready to go back into advertising let's hope there's no global pandemic that's gonna rock this da, and then da, just da, came da, da, da. no furlough for adam but um he just uh, undercut everyone by lowering your day rate so much that uh yeah they'll employ you on that basis <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what's the craziest uh, what's the craziest job you had to do during lockdown craziest job i had to do during lockdown i moved house that was oh yeah uh, that, 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 that that was that old chestnut yeah um um, yeah, selling a house during lockdown and funny how you got Japanese knotweed. Uh, for, for those of you who are maybe not 30, you might not know that Japanese knotweed is a problem. But let me tell you, if you think you have it in your back garden, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Certainly don't tell the surveyor that's coming around being like, we used to have Japanese knotweed here, but it's all gone. He went, no, it's not. And then, oh, yes, no. that, that uh, caused a right pickle, an expensive pickle. What is Japanese knotweed? Japanese knotweed is an invasive plant that was brought over from Japan. Japan. What? Uh, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot to answer for. Um, 
<laughs> Godzilla, now this? <laughs> Why? Why, Japan? Why must you mock me? Um, and it was planted next to a lot of train lines to firm up the... This is exciting podcast, Jack. I know, really. Uh, I'm, 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 no, I'm actually... You're trying to buy a house. Okay, so... I'm, I'm actually interested in this and what a Japanese knotweed actually is now. We've kind of got... So it was planted next to railway tracks that were going in the Victorian times, and it's got these roots which bind the soil uh, very effectively, but it binds it so effectively that it can go into foundations and destroy foundations as well. So it makes... Uh, not good for houses. Not No, houses. houses famously need foundations. Yeah, they do. Foundations I mean, are the foundations of houses. That's what I That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty good saying. And if you rock the foundations of a house, there's not... A yeah, I think that's that. That's a bad thing, and I'm not a quantity surveyor. No, but, but surveyor I think that... in our hearts, I think if you if you think about it, we're all quantity surveyors deep down. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell what a patch of damp is, so that's uh, that's that's always. Good. I can tell what mold is. Yeah, mold is good. Mold 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 will still let you sell a house. Japanese knotweed will make you have to spend about five grand on getting it around. Right, so you can still sell a house with mold in. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like that's that's surely illegal, right? I've I've got molds on bits of my body, and I still was able to get married. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think. Well, did you sell yourself to your wife? Or <laughs> yes, I have a large dowry. I had to. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I received a lot of oxen. Uh, <laughs> it was good, but uh, oxen or oxo? Which... <laughs> it's you receive oxen, you make oxo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the two are in, are definitely linked. Yeah. <laughs> so like you can sell a house with mold it with mold in legally right yeah yeah you just you just paint over it before someone comes around you just go oh, well, uh, it's all right that but that's actually a patination of the wall it's just, it's quite nice yeah so how do you make sure that because this is genuine uh, this will welcome still, to house chat with this will, Wolf. <laughs> this, will, this will still like don't worry this will still make it in like this <laughs> this is not getting edited out at all this is this is like a psa for anyone who's like 30 something and looking to buy a house so yeah how do you check to make sure that there's no mold in the house. Um, well, you 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 pay for a building survey. Um, I'd recommend a level two or a level three Rick survey. They'll tell you everything that's going on and uh, do go for the valuation as well. It will be expertly reviewed. So uh, yeah, exciting times. If um, yeah, that was the toughest job during lockdown was to try and flog my house, but it all worked out. Yes. I, live, I live in Catford now, which to a lot of people would sound like it hasn't worked out, but it's, <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, Catford. So, it's got cats. I've got cats. It's a Catford. I don't have a Ford. No. So when did Strange Brew, um, when did, what, okay, what was the, what was, what came first? Chicken and the Egg. Did you start doing, did you start doing stand-up comedy first and then do the, then do the night? Or did you start the night and then? I started doing a bit of stand-up as a bit of a flex while I was working. Um, I was like, oh, I need, to, I, need to, I need an outlet. I need an outlet. And I'd had it on my phone, the City Lit um, stand-up course for yeah. ages and ages and ages. And I totally forgot about it until I got an email through saying, uh, yeah, we've moved the class times a little bit. And I was like, I haven't signed up to any stand-up course. And I'd obviously done it when pissed one night that I was like, oh, I'll put in all my details yeah. and signed up to a course. So I did that and I was doing it during... Um, uh, while I was working, and then I... Who was your teacher? Uh, put me on the spot there. It was a lady. A lady? A lady. Uh, and she appears on the Jeremy Vine show a lot. Is it Kate Smurfite? Yes. Yeah, she was my teacher too. Hey! There we go. Yeah. And it's City Academy, not City Lit. 
Yeah. Was it City Academy? Yeah, oh, right. I, was thinking, I was thinking about that. Like this. What's City Lit then? Is that another education place? Or that's, an educa- that? that's an education place, but City Academy is the one that does the stand-up comedy course in Leicester Square and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, it I, was for us anyway. I think we, we did it in we did it in King's Cross. Ooh, I know, right? Glamorous mm. King's Cross. Oh, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so how did you find it? Okay, what? How did you? What do you think you took from the course? What? How did it benefit you? I. A lot of writing it was the writing bit of it because i'm an art director by trade so never really sitting down to write scripts was a big thing also looking at yourself um realizing what other people will think of you yeah and finding out you have absolutely nothing uh redeemable uh, when you stand <laughs> up on stage six foot tall middle class white guy <laughs> i wonder what he's going to talk about is it his penis is probably <laughs> uh so yeah mo- moving and is he gonna go so yeah, I'm single. Oh, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Tinder. Um, <laughs> and um, anything says something bad says something bad about a roommate. Turns out it was his mum and his dad. <laughs> waka waka. Ah. Um, but yeah, I, ah. I, I very I very quickly realised that um, I maybe wasn't going to uh, take the stand up comedy world by storm. But I'd quit my my full-time job and I went back to a master's and while I was doing the master's what was the, I, master's, what was the master's in? it was in design theory called expanded practice at Goldsmiths that Very, doesn't sound like a real thing it, it wasn't <laughs> a real thing it was 10,000 pounds of, of, a, of a thing of a thing of a thing <laughs> it was a it was a bit of a sort of early life crisis and um, during that time I was working in a bar called Little Faith down in Deptford which my mate uh, co-owned and so I was working there and I got tired of pulling pints and I was like, I should do a comedy night. So So was that so was that during was that before the pandemic or before the pandemic, it was about um a year and a half before the pandemic, I got that job. Or about yeah, about a year before the pandemic. And then we're doing it as an open spot, uh five five minute bring a night. And then pandemic hit and then we came back with Gusto um after the pandemic with um sort of six ten minute slots and uh yeah. It's, it's working out really well. It it's, uh, yeah, it's and it's much more fun being the MC because if you're absolutely bombing, you just step off and leave someone else to tidy up your mess before you come back. That is the beauty. That was kind of the beauty. That is kind of the beauty of being an MC. Like you don't have to be the funny guy in the room. Exactly. That's what I keep telling myself. You just have to be. Well, you, <laughs> I, I'm gonna give you a compliment. Like you were very, you're very likable like, in your own stage. Like you're very affable as an MC. So yeah, you do exactly. You fit the job well. So like, well, <laughs> affable idiot. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what an MC needs to be. Like you don't. You just need to be the glue that's holding it together, right? Yeah, and not talk down each of your acts as well. I think, it, yeah. I, I like to think by being so terrible that I make everyone else look great. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's that, 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 that sad bit when you see someone like absolutely like hammer at home and then I step up again, you just see the audience go, oh. <laughs> How much more longer of this this uh, mutual masturbation must we go through, Adam's ego? How do you, if an act, say an act does really badly, right? Yeah. How? No, you weren't that bad, mate. I mean, when the, I mean, when, <laughs> now when um, immediately when they come off when they come off stage and you go back on, do you address it or do you not? I, I, I like to think that it's a very encouraging night for people. So if they, if it's not worked so well, you just brush it under the carpet. Don't make them feel any worse. Fair everyone, enough. everyone just saw it. <laughs> yep. Doesn't need a recap. <laughs> Previously on Strange Fruit, <laughs> this guy was shit. Um, no, we you you just make them feel good, and you tell them afterwards. Oh, it was the just room. Keep... It was the audience. It's always the audience's fault. <laughs> it's always the audience's fault. Yeah, right? yeah. It's never the comedian's fault. Yeah. Never, never the person who wrote, performed, 
and said the jokes. Yeah, when, when, never, when never someone them. steps up and starts doing pedophile edgelord stuff and it, and it really bombs or they, they try and think of themselves as being Frankie Boyle, but after maybe like their third gig and they absolutely, you know, dies on its arse. No, no, it's the audience's fault. Yeah, audience's they're just fault talking truth time. to power, man. They're not yeah. ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> People need to hear what this middle-class white guy needs to say. <laughs> yeah, man, because the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's not been enough said about the Holocaust. Do you, have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I've heard, I mean... Uh, You've read a book. Uh, I've read a book. Apparently there's a guy who wasn't very nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that, that was like season two of... Uh, season two of World War. Yeah. <laughs> not not very nice guy. I won't tell you how it There happened. was a sitcom, right? It lasted one episode uh, <laughs> called How Honey, I'm Home. Cool. And really? it was about the Hitlers in like a multi-camera like 1960s multi sitcom. Well, that's what the world needed, isn't it? Yeah. What, is there like a little kid Hitler and a dog no, Hitler? No, 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 no. It's the Hitlers. It's um, Bra Eva Braun. Uh, it's Eva Braun and Adolf. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Let me guess who the neighbor was. <laughs> is it a rabbi? <laughs> I can't remember who the neighbor was, but like they are living and it's... It's a it's your typical nineteen sixties. Ha ha. When, when was this made? In in the sixties. In the sixties or fifties, yeah. Well, I suppose it would have been quite contemporary then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what what? Only one episode. It's one a shame. Episode. I'd love to see what the storyline arc of that uh, was. I, as someone who's got Jewish heritage, I am very, I I I wanted to. See, I, I'm I'm appalled that it got made. <laughs> but I like that Hutzpah. But yeah, he's got the Hutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, those producers have got guts, baby. That's what <laughs> Treading where others fear to tread. Oh, <laughs> fucking set, hell. Set I, in I, a bunker in Berlin. <laughs> I just want to see the. I just wanted to see the episode where where um where Hitler brings his wife, where Hitler brings the boss home for dinner, and um and Eva Braun is doesn't know what to cook. Doesn't know what to cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these these rations they won't go around enough people. <laughs> oh no, Blondie's eating the food. Was Blondie oh, no. the dog? I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, think there was a dog. I don't think there was any kids or anything like that. They were just living in a house together with. Uh, it's very weird. The gorbals come round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but that is. That and that's is, what we're talking about today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that one episode. <laughs> that of one episode. How honey, I'm home. <laughs> who? Who? I mean. That definitely couldn't be made today. Oh, I think I think um, someone will take up the rain. It'll be it'll be uh, on a Telegraph channel or something. Telegram channel, Telegram ch not a Telegraph channel. It'll be in the Telegraph, <laughs> <laughs> a written series. There's not enough newspaper sitcoms, is there? No, there's not. Yeah, <laughs> there's not on this for a very good reason. Uh, yeah. Potentially, yeah. I suppose that's the Daily Mail, isn't it? Uh, a sick. Well, no, that's the Daily Mail comment section. Oh, right. Heil Hitler, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Yeah. Oh, but that is. It's. I mean, I get. I get the whole wanting to make light of something, light of a tragedy, but. No, just no. Who knows it? With a name like that, it probably had great, great sensitivity. <laughs> Running through it. <laughs> like, just imagine like, a bunch of people sat down and thought, right, this is what we, this is what America and the world needs right I, now. I think someone sat down, wrote a title and went, oh, let's just go into production, yes, to yeah. see how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when you've got a pun, just go with it and work with that. Is it a pun? It's a, it's, yeah, it's well, a something. It, it's, it is kind Don't of Don't put a your pun. hand up like that. Yeah, Different I'm, podcast. I'm, Oh baby, no. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I mean, I'm doing it with the other yeah. one. I'm, fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm talking my hands, I can't help it. It's but catchy. Who? Why? How? How would? How? How? I'm just thinking how. That's all I can think. How? Why? How? Why? Well, you think you think it's going to get the viewers in, don't you? Because people have heard of the Hitlers. That yeah, they is, have. That, that, and it would have been quite top of mind for a lot of people in the 60s. Yeah, so, quite uh, a few. Yeah, and also maybe people need those alternative narratives of like maybe he didn't die in the bunker. Maybe he's living in suburban. Uh, suburban in America. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a white picket fe fence, a really white picket fence. Really, really, really white picket fence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it would have been quite controversial at the time because vegetarians. So yeah, that would have been. They were vegetarians, were they? Yeah, Hitler, big vegetarian. So oh, here's what the here's what the here's what the episode would have been should have been. He the boss, um, Eva Braun, Eva Braun. Well, Hitler brings the boss home, and Eva Braun doesn't know what to cook, and it turns out the boss is a massive meat eater, so she oh, has. To... And then Hitler's got to be like running a barbecue while simultaneously yeah. being sick. For yeah. his horrendous crimes in yeah. World War II. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Adolf, you really, you, um, you were, you were excellent on the telly sales today. You were, you were a whiz on the telly sales, whiz on the telly sales today. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what's, matter you? what's the matter with you, boy? <laughs> Is the meat not good? <laughs> and then everyone gets ill. Everyone gets food poisoning. In the last fifteen ep minutes is just everyone being. Last fifteen episodes. Last <laughs> fifteen episodes is, is people with t horrendous food poisoning just running in and out of the <laughs> toilet oh man a, su a suitable season 22 oh. episodes classic sitcom <laughs> 10 seasons later 10 seasons later everyone's like, got an emmy how why i just don't understand how anyone could have thought that that would have been a good idea <laughs> well it only well it goes to show it got to the pilot and then uh disappeared off off the face of the <laughs> earth well there was th what was that film there was there was one where the kids got Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, that kind of worked. It did work, but that was. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Yes, I have seen okay, it. And there's uh, the other one with Hitler, where the German film, where he, someone impersonates him or thinks it is him, and he gets interviewed like he's a sort of talk show host, and everyone's like, "Hey, we really like your views on the environment," and then it all goes a bit wrong. I've not, I've not, heard, I'm like, what film's that? It, it's in German, so it'd be like, <laughs> oh, it's. I don't know. It's quite good. It's quite. Good. I went through a pretentious phase of trying to watch German cinema. It was that film, and okay. that's it. Yeah. All right. But uh, yeah, Jojo Rabbit shows that Hitler could be a good character. I mean, Downfall, good character. But Hitler's not Charlie Chaplin. Here's the thing: ha Hitler's not a character in what? I mean, in, in, jo no, in Jojo Rabbit, like he's not. He it is a character, but it's. A figment of the child's imagination, so it's a child's. Oh, I've got the totally wrong. Yeah, I think you might. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Man, I need to. I need to do my history homework. Yeah, <laughs> this is all wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the it's the child's. It's how how Jojo envisions Hitler to be. So it's not actually Hitler as a good guy. It's how an Aryan child. Who's been brainwashed views hit views Hitler as as the paternal yeah father, as the paternal brother. father yeah exactly yeah. well um so well maybe maybe that's what they're going with Hal Hal Honey I'm home 
Maybe it's all the figment of imagination <laughs> of, a, of a fascist living in uh, <laughs> suburban Boston or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Mussolini's pop round. Oh, no, we're doing pasta. I'm oh, oh, my God. What are we going uh, <laughs> to do? <laughs> <sighs> so, Men Behaving Badly. Men yeah. Behaving Badly. That is the sitcom that we are supposed to be talking about. Right? Uh, no, let's talk about more. <laughs> 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 honey, at home. <laughs> I'll so Martin Clunes is Hitler. Do you know, uh, I, I, will, I will send you the link to the actual. I think is there. A, I'll send you a link to a couple of clips of that sh of how honey I'm home. This this is where this is where you need a Patreon, and then uh, you could make that a special episode, couldn't you? What um, just <laughs> what you mean? Just the whole clip of how honey I'm home? No, no, do, 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 doing the one where. Uh, oh, how honey I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> no, men behaving badly. Yes, that's what we're we're here to talk about. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, that, so it came out in 1992, right? Yes. And it was, and it ran for seven series, and then it came back for a comic relief episode in 2014, didn't it? Yes, I believe so. There was a couple of uh, specials, um, and to link it into advertising, there was also that bit where Martin Clunes and Leslie Ash were in the home base adverts for quite a long yeah. time as well. So uh, playing pretty much the same characters. So really, it carried Almost on running all... for a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> and it got an American remake as well. Did it? Yes. Oh. As Heil, honey, no. I'm home. No, uh, no that's men behaving very, very badly. Very, very yeah. badly. Yes, <laughs> very, 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 very badly. Yes, let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah. no, the American remake starred Rob Schneider. So I. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's worth a bit of a watch. How many series did that run for? That ran for two series. Two series. Two series as well. Two se two seasons. Two series? How do we say? How? What's the? Two series. Two series. Yes. Two se <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yes. Uh, two seasons of Men Behaving Badly with Rob Schneider. Yeah. Well, that's that's all right for them. I think and a bit like Simon Nye. Who and and a bit like in the original show, the there was an actor who start who was in the first series and then left this, left after left after that. All oh, right, a bit of continuity because in Men Behaving Badly, everyone remembers Neil Morrissey, but started off with Harry Enfield. Harry Enfield, which is which is weird when you watch it back. I know we did a bit of our homework beforehand. And yeah, you sort of forget that. Well, you, you, you never even recount that Harry Enfield's in it, and then it feels like a mad sketch because you're so used to Martin Clunes, and no one watched the first series that when you send through the episode of the first one, you're like, oh, Harry Enfield's in this. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's sort of like been a substitution. <laughs> it's a really mad sort of way of doing it. Dermot. So it, start, so it starts off with um, Harry, with uh, Martin Clunes and Harry Enfield. They're living in a flat, they're living in a flat together. Um, Martin Clunes is dating Caroline Quentin. And they are. They, I. Well, my, um, Harry Enfield's a bit of a. He's a bit of a womanizer. Yeah, well, I'd almost say he's quite a two dimensional character. Yeah, yeah. That he's just like, <laughs> I like having sex. I like having sex. And yeah, uh, yeah that was his entire storyline arc all the way through the, the first season. Yeah, and he. And Martin Clunes is a bit of a curmudgeonly old, uh, curmudgeonly old thing, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he's very much the stick in the mud. Like, I suppose Martin Clunes would be the straight man in it. I don't. Here's the thing, I, I think that they were two similar characters. Yes, because they were both, they were both very curmudgeonly people. Even yeah, sure in their own way, but they were both kind of being the straight man. Well, there's, there's sort of like attributes there of him having the the power a little bit more because he's the landlord and he owns the flat and Harry Enfield and later Neil Morrissey is is the lodger but yeah in that first series it just felt like two people on absolute par yeah. which 
Comedy does not make. It doesn't work. It, <laughs> I mean, Harry Enfield's fun. I, I, this is no shame on Harry Enfield. I think. And if you're listening, Harry, you yeah, know which he respect is. You. Which we know who he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he is perfectly. I think he's as the character. He's perfectly fine. However, the dynamic of the two characters together doesn't actually work. No. Uh, yeah, you just end up in this sort of weird thing where they're just both very similar, but. What does kind of show quite quickly is Martin Clunes, very good actor. Yeah. Caroline Quentin, very good actor. Yeah. Leslie Ash, her character I don't think's acted very well, but she's a very good actor. And then you've yeah. got Harry Enfield, who looks a little bit lost. Yeah, well, he's a sketch comedian, isn't he? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that isn't, that's not to say he's not a good actor. He's just, mm. uh, and he admitted this himself, he felt out of place on the sitcom. Yeah, and that's that's a that's big things to do, admit that you're definitely that, that you're not succeeding at it and to voluntarily step out of it as well yeah. which is a uh, big big boy thing to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i did like the um well, with him when he's trying on the suit yes that's that he's what's he done he spent all his rent money on getting a new suit yeah and he looks sharp like he young, looks, young harry enfield looks great <laughs> i mean young martin clunes and old martin clunes are <laughs> very very similar no offense to you martin i know you're listening um but very very similar you can tell it's martin clunes right? yes martin clunes looks like martin clunes <laughs> but because i've not really seen young harry enfield before other than when he's in the kevin get up yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but he's playing someone younger. He's still the yeah, same person. I, he doesn't go back in time for that. I, I, yeah. I know, I know, I you know. know how TV works. What? Well, no, <laughs> as, as, as we just as we discussed previously, I've never watched television. So. <laughs> you should buy one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I know a good company. That's a callback cool uh, to a before bit. <laughs> advertising. Yeah. <laughs> the, today is sponsored by TV. This today podcast is, is sponsored by today, TV. Today is also sponsored by Nor Chicken Tonight. <laughs> mm, what are you having? Paneer I'm curry having today? chicken tonight. I'm having vegetarian food tonight. Nice. Not going to eat that trash. Um, <laughs> sorry, Nor, if you're listening. Um, yeah, the, the the suit scene's really good, but he's always looking quite sad, isn't he? The Harry Enfield character. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, well, it's because oh. he's run, he's run, he's um he's going through life, and he and he knows that he's he's just a bit of stuck in a rut. Yes, but well, the issue is, Martin Clunes's character is also the same. Yes, so two stuck in the ruts. It doesn't work. So, so what do you, what do you think then? So, what does what does Neil Morrissey bring when he comes in as Neil Morrissey? Tony? Neil Morrissey just brings he's optimistic. Yes, Tony is an optimistic guy. He's very happy-go-lucky. He just jumps at the chance to do literally everything, whether it be music, um, selling records or modeling. He just jumps at he just jumps at a chance, and he's and he is kind of the spring that. He's the, he's the person that brings a bit of light and levity to the sh well, light and levity to the flat. Well, he's got such he's got such an innocence and like puppy dog yeah. type thing where he's like whoa, and and then you get the status exactly, which then tips the sort of comedy. That's what it needs to be because every because every comedy needs to have an odd, well, when it's a relationship or two people living together, there yeah. needs to be an odd couple dynamic for it to work. Well, yeah, famously the odd couple. The odd couple, uh, exactly. <laughs> That is the um, that well. This, uh, and, and fact, funny enough, I've not actually discussed the odd couple on this show. Well, he's saving that for the Christmas special. Maybe <laughs> it would underpin every <laughs> single other sitcom. It just be like it just be called the Odd Couple Podcast. Yeah. But every other <laughs> sitcom is essentially that re repeated. Yeah. 
Which uh, they actually remade in 2016. Well, that's that's another thing as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it needed to. They need to have an odd couple dynamic. Yeah. And I think that the addition to not to Neil, the addition of Neil, of Neil Morris's character Tony, even though I do find it a bit weird actually seeing Neil Morrissey's face and not an animated builder. <laughs> yeah, because did pretty well when he got those uh, that apprenticeship, didn't he? Yeah, put on a bit of weight, got a lot more plasticine. Yeah, yeah, he did really well. Got a wife called Wendy. Yeah, hanging out with Digger, hanging out with Digger, Muck. And... <laughs> Any more of them? Any more Bob the Builderers? Oh Jesus, <laughs> there's a few on there. So it's Digger, Muck, Roly, um, uh... <laughs> oh, come on. I, uh, I, I. For me, for me to know all the characters in Bob the Builder, I would have had to have done a lot worse at university. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had to smoke a lot more weed during university to do that. And I smoked a lot. Uh, so, well, I had a little sister, so that was my that's my um, excuse for knowing the Bob the Builder characters. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and the tattoo that you've got. Uh, it's yeah. off camera at the moment, but and also it. the uh, poster of Bob that's <laughs> above my bed, and the Bob the Builder bed sheets, and the Bob the Builder pajamas, and the I just, Lunchbox. Love him. I just love him. <laughs> just he's so great, yeah. But he is. like young Neil Morrissey as well with his flowing hair and and also playing a sexy character so, by the design of yeah. the time. When he walks into the flat, you've got you've got uh, Dorothy and Deborah yep. both being like, "Ooh, he's a bit of all right." Like, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't buy <laughs> I wouldn't buy anything he's selling. <laughs> but, it looks like he runs a waltzer. Yes, <laughs> but that's. Kind of the, but that was the kind of the attractive look, like uh, the knockoff, well, Oasis slash Beatlesy kind of look. Oh, I think it's even before that. It's it, it's almost got a bit more of the sort of Bruce Springsteen about. It. It's got yeah. a bit of the American like sort of biker rocker type thing and flouncy shirts. He looks a little bit like Morrissey, I suppose. Yeah, a little. Which is Neil Morrissey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. that, maybe that's you never see the two of them in the same room. Do you, you never do no. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so he brings a lot. He brings um, he brings that to the, he brings that to the table. And I think because you you know they have ne- I don't think they've ever repeated the because you know it moved from BBC to ITV. Yeah, yeah. I don't th- and then they did reruns of it on the BBC. They've never, to my knowledge, they haven't actually repeated the Harry Enfield series on the BBC. They've only repeated the ITV ones. Oh, right, yeah. That, maybe that's just the familiarity, though. Or maybe it's a rights thing as well. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you have to sign another contract for that one. But um, I, the the theme tune's an absolute banger. Watching it again today, I was just like, this is just indelibly stained on my brain. Where it's just like, you don't get theme tunes like that for things no. anymore. It's just like big, like saxophone, big energy. It's about a minute and a half long. Yeah. There's hilarious clips happening. You know you're about to see something funny when that music's yeah. being played. Yeah, you yeah. are, actually. Um, Caroline Quentin, fantastic. Fit. What? Fit. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great in that. She does in, yeah. she does in this, yeah. yeah. She does look very good, yeah. She looks um, incredibly like Izzy Sooty. Actually, in the f- in the face. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When, when she she does a doe-eyed thing in one of the episodes that we watched, and I was like, looks exactly like Izzy City. Again, two people you never see in the same room together. Exactly. Like no. Izzy City. To be fair, they never invite me into the same rooms that they're in. So, no. Yeah. 
Problem That's problem. always a problem, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we, you, we can always say that. Yeah, we never. Yeah, you've never seen him in the same room. That's because you never get invited to anywhere that those people are actually at. <laughs> I never get invited to the Smiths gig. No, <laughs> and uh, Bob the Builder reunion uh, tours. I'll get you into them. Don't worry. <laughs> that one is very easy to get into. Yeah, not many tickets getting sold for that. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, there were a dedicated few. <laughs> there always is the the, the Bob heads. <laughs> The hard hats, <laughs> the hard hats. That's what we call that's it. That's better. Yeah, yeah the yeah. hard hats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bob the Builder fat. Bob the, the Bob the Builder subreddit. That's right. <laughs> You're dominating that. I'm the I'm the chairman. I'm the I'm the I'm the OP of that. <laughs> Moderating yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Moderating yourself and your sister. Yeah, but people do forget that Neil Morrissey is quite a talented actor. Yeah, yeah. What was um? He was in a whole load of stuff. He was in Waterloo Road. He was in. Like it was Bob the Builder. He was which, Bob the Builder, yeah. Which and he, he was, was very good at. He I'm was not gonna very good, yeah. He was, yeah. I really felt that he, <laughs> he encapsulated what it was in a pre-Brexit time to be a builder. <laughs> <laughs> things were good, things were building, yeah, yeah. he's successful. Now probably not so good. No. And he was also and he's also in this. So he can do literally voiceover work, he can do comedy, he can do drama as well. So. Yeah, and he was in like a bunch of uh, in, in researching, like researching, looking at IMDb, he was in a whole bunch of other series beforehand. He was a pretty well-known actor. Which, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, he's really good in it. Although, yeah, let's 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 talk about Leslie Ash. Okay, what's going on there? Because it it varies a little bit. Tony and her relationship on, I need a restraining order. Yeah, the yeah the so I because she's. She wants, well, he wants to date her. He wants her. Yeah. However, she's playing hard to get. She doesn't want, she either doesn't want him or she's playing hard to get with but, him. Or she's, or there's the, or they're kind of like the Russ and the, the Russ and Rachel of the group. Yeah, but there's, this is, this is, this is one of the things that kind of dates it a little bit is that there's absolutely nothing that she does that's redeemable for them to have a relationship apart from no. being the fit girl that is in proximity. It's just like, yeah, I fancy you. I fancy you. I, I'm going to do you very much. I am. And you're like, she's horrible to you. Yeah. And and she's not interested. But yet it continues for a seven series. Uh, and the same thing. I think they get together. But at then some again, point. he's thick and he's optimistic. Thick and optimistic. And yeah, thick and optimistic got me a wife. So uh, it there can we work go. for you. <laughs> yeah. So he's thick and optimistic. And so he thinks that he's able to. I my. My analysis of this is he thinks that he can by just wearing her down, he can change he can change her, which is not the right thing to do at all. But we're in a nineteen nineties BBC sitcom here. Yes, and and that was very much the mentality in, in the nineties that men didn't have to do anything but wear down the woman of their affection. Yeah. Drink as much beer as you want, be an absolute klutz, be misogynistic, generally not be right, break into her flat. Um, and then, yeah, suddenly she'll just just through proximity, she'll she'll of course fall for you when uh, the time comes, which I you, think in this program is yeah, thirty five. Yeah, because you because oh, you, he cried um he cried whilst watching you love me um you've got mail. <laughs> yeah, well that shows a sensitive side, which does, is yeah. all they needed to do at the time. Sure, he did that and he did this and he's done this and he's done this, but he, but. He like he listens to Pearl Jam. <laughs> he is such a good guy, even yeah. though he's set fire to the flat several times. Yeah, so they're both arseholes, right? Both the guys are are technically arseholes. Yeah, Gary very much so. Though Gary knows he's an arsehole. Yeah, but the thing is, that's the re that's the reason why he's an arsehole. But 
there's a softness about him and yes. he kind of there's not i don't want to say there's much growth with him but with as the series progresses he does soften a little bit and he becomes a little bit less curmudgeonly well it's the thing of, that he's got of like trying to present a manly side to him but at the same time being a coward yeah and you get that a lot in sitcoms you have like father ted's a coward and that's kind of trying to be authority when at the same time you just absolutely capitulate every time into like just being weak yeah a weak weak <laughs> man <laughs> and you defend that by being um either an alcoholic or mean to people which yeah. um yeah that's that that was the story of the 90s <laughs> do that i mean you've got a great cast here i mean this and there are people and there's and it's just full of people who have just who used this as kind of a starting block i mean caroline quentin she's done sitcom after sitcom after sitcom of yeah. varying quality but she's been generally quite good in all of, in all of them what was the alan davies thing that she did the one with, where he lives in a windmill and he's a magician do you not remember this what producer tashi do you, do you remember this no, she's, she's, no, she's, not, she's, she's not, not on the mic. She's not she's on the mic. Um, I think it was. Um, John, oh, she's on the mic. Hello. Hi. Hi. Was it Jonathan Creek? Jonathan Creek. Oh, Creek. Jonathan, Jonathan Creek. Creek. Yes, Tashi. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that yes. is that is brilliant knowledge. Well, well done. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm upset with myself. Okay, <laughs> I'm supposed to know that shit, but thank. That's brilliant. That was very, very quick. Did you used to watch Jonathan Creek? Quick. Can I say quick? Jonathan Queef. Quick. Quick. Yes, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, so she was in that. And then like, she was in, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Life of Riley, which was 2008, 2000, 2011. I didn't catch that. What's uh, that about? It's Caroline Quentin. She's got a step. She's got, um, and it's about a blended family. So her, her and her kid. Have the as you know, she's become a stepmom to three kids and a ah, husband. Well, and I'm glad she, that she found someone after Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then hilarity ensues. <laughs> but also with a sentimental side, I imagine. Um, occasionally, there's a bit, you know, there's a message at the end, <laughs> and there's a bit where the audience says, "Ah, ah, that's nice." The canned laughter is quite a lot in um, in Behaving Badly. It's all studio. It's studio audience, my man. Is it? Yeah. Have you been? To, this is a this is a side thing, but like people always think that these sitcoms are canned laughter. They're not. It's actually because uh, I've been to. Is it, is it vacuum packed laughter like my paneer? <laughs> <I'm happy here. laughs> it's um, it is actually studio audience. It's actually studio audience laughter. So they'll it's they perform it like a play. Yeah. And there's a studio audience there because I I went to go watch um, Not Going Out. I mean, not, uh, no, 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 not not going out. It was um, not, 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 going no, out. no, 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 not, 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 yeah, not, yeah. not, 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 not going out. It was uh, the other one, ITV, Kate and Koji. That's the one, oh, okay, Kate yeah. and Koji. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went and saw. I went and see. Went and saw that at, um, at Pinewood. When was it Pinewood? It was. Yeah, I think it might have been. Would it, it would have been Elstree. Elstree. Oh, okay, Elstree. Yeah. yeah. They shot it at Elstree. And what they do is they perform it, and the audience genuinely does laugh and it is there's something quite magical about being there in a studio and whilst a studio audience well watching a studio audience sitcom being taped yeah because it is genuinely funny the things that they're saying are genuinely funny in the room in the moment so but then they what d d and then, dub it in afterwards well no what they'll do is if they'll they'll shoot the thing about three or four they'll shoot it about 
two or three times a scene if they need to. And the laughter will be real, so it's not canned technically, but they will if they miss if they if say if they if they if they miss something and they record it, they record it again, but the and the actors get it perfectly right. However, yeah. the audience is a bit worn down because it's like the third take of them doing it. They'll take the best laugh, so if it is a genuine laugh and it is in the right place. Yeah. But, but they'll yeah. link it up to that. So it's not actually canned laughter. It is proper. It's not a producer sitting at the back saying, yep, this one is supposed to laugh. This one is supposed to laugh. This one is supposed to laugh. <laughs> it is genuinely audience laughing. It's I just. See, like, I, I don't know what that sounds like from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there at the back with a, with a, with a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> a Bluetooth speaker and a booming voice hoping that, that laughter is infectious. I thought that that sounded really loud considering yeah. there's about two people in the audience. Yeah. They're very, very loud friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had to, mm. right? Say the BBC's come to you, or ITV or the BBC, whatever. They've come to you and they've given you. Let's say thirteen million for, and for that thirteen million, what you have to do is you have to remake Men Behaving Badly. So that's a million per episode, uh, Men wow. Behaving Badly. But that, that before you go before you go crazy, that is how much your bog standard studio audience sitcom actually costs to make. Cripes, that's yeah. expensive. Well, think of it. Also, cripes. Well, think of it. Well, <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from, from a Beano comic <laughs> in the 1950s. Buy jings. Tell me more, Kyle. <laughs> Buy jingle. Is that so? Oh, really? <laughs> Rather. One well, million think, pounds of English sterling. Well, think of it this way. You've got to hire lighting people. You've got to hire, well, you've got to rent out the space to actually perform the sitcom. It is, a, it is, yeah, a, it a, is even, yeah. no matter what the quality of the sitcom is, that is it is expensive, and that's why you don't see that many studio audience sitcoms at the moment because they are very expensive to make. Ah, right. Yeah. But in this in this situation, you've been given thirteen million pounds. Thirteen million quid. You. I'm, I'm honouring the contract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll run away. That's thirteen episodes. All right. 13. You've got to remake Men Behaving Badly. How would you do it? And who would you cast? Who would I cast? I'd cast. Um... Uh, I'd cast the Adif lads from uh, All I Do Is Fail. They can yeah. just do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> get Ali Woods in there. He can play um, play Tony. No, um, <laughs> no. What, what would so, who, so who would Tom play? <laughs> Gary. Tom play Gary. <laughs> He's playing Leslie Ash. <laughs> it makes it a really like awkward, <laughs> really awkward uh, series. Um, or make him play Caroline Quentin. Or he can play Caroline Quentin. Yeah, yeah. And his wife lives upstairs, just shouting yeah. down all the time. Yeah. Um, no. Um, what you do? See, the obvious thing would be like, we'll do a female remake. Women behaving badly. But I would. Would that work? Would that work? I don't think it'd be necessary. I think you've seen that with like Broad City. That's what that is. I've still not seen Broad City, but I will watch. I will watch it. What? I know. Whoa. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna do an upside down twerk on this character right now. <laughs> um, no, who who would who would I have? I need, um, I think you'd set it. You'd still have to set it in London. You'd probably move it up to. Like Peckham or somewhere, and everyone would a be... sitcom set in Peckham. What? <laughs> That'll never work. That'll never work. No, <laughs> no, but but like 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 not not only fools and horses Peckham, like hipster Gen Z Peckham, and it would just be about a bunch of lads outwardly professing that they're feminists, but inside, ghosting girls, 
<laughs> calling them out, gaslighting, and it would just be a traumatic sort of uh, half an hour of psychological drama. Okay. Of <laughs> men behaving awfully. <laughs> um, and who would, who would be in it? Apart from the, maybe, maybe, yeah, just, just the Adif boys, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah doing that. <laughs> just them playing every single character. Every single character. Um, Funny no. enough, the Adif boys, all of those fail also in this studio. Yeah, yeah, I know. that I, I saw the, the little thing come up on the screen, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, the, this is the home of all great podcasts. It is. In Vauxhall. In Vauxhall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the greatest podcasts in Vauxhall are recorded here. Right here. Yeah. And, and specifically in this container. Yeah. All the great podcasts are recorded in this container. All the great in podcasts this... in Vauxhall are, in, are from here. <laughs> yes. Um, what, what, we have to say that. <laughs> what, what, what would be your female protagonist? Who would, who would you have in there? Who would I have in there? Yeah. I would probably have... Um, what's her name? Uh, maybe not Karen. Um, Eva Karen Gillan. Who's that? Who's Karen Gillan? Who's Karen Gillan? Have you not seen Doctor Who? Oh yeah. Okay, Amy Pond. What? Ginger. Oh, that one, yeah. That one, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, oh, the, uh, the ginger place. Yeah, yeah, the ginger one, yeah. Ginger, <laughs> is it, yeah sorry, yeah. is this an old ginger remake of yeah, uh, no, no, Maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's not ginger. He's not ginger. No, no, he's not. Uh, but we could or, put um, that in afterwards. I mean, what's her name from um, Motherland? Have you seen the show Motherland? Yes. Okay, so you know the um, northern friend? In Motherland? Is that is this the one with Philomena Kunk in it? No. No, that's Motherland, isn't it? Where the... Where they're being the single mums. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mums. The mums, yeah. Yeah. So the mum with the um, mum with the ginger sized brown, yeah. brown hair. That's, yeah. Philomena, yeah, get her. Philomena, that's not Philomena Conk. No. We're, we're talking at cross purposes here, aren't we? All right. So what, okay, what is. I'm not okay. very good with names and faces. Okay, so, mom, okay, so <laughs> from your, from what, okay, let's, let's try and get this. What sitcom is Motherland to you? What, what is Motherland about? That's the one where you've got the 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 mums at the um, London Primary School. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, we're talking about the same one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, What's yeah. this North okay, Friend. Okay, so you know who? Okay, so the mum with about three with three kids. She's the more working class mum of all of of the yeah. of the trio. Yeah, that I'd the get ginger her. one. Ginger one. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah, yeah. I'd get her to play. I'd get her to play, her to be one of the female protagonists. But then I should probably say no because it's very close to. What she's done, but what she's done before, but I'd say either her, Karen Gillan, or maybe who's uh, who's who's the one that's in Ghosts, the actress that's like the main protagonist in Ghosts. I'm not seeing Ghosts. I know, oh, I know, I know. I I'm very like, I'm not specific. I'm not particular in my sitcoms, but it's just like okay. I need to get out of the 90s and the 2000s. and <laughs> You're just playing catch up on all the sitcoms I ever am, made. Yeah, basically I am. I'm kind of going through the 70s at the moment and loving every second of it. What about um, what about having Tash Dimitri in there? Yeah. Like playing playing the character from Staffletts Flats living yeah. upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have that. She could be the love interest. Yeah. Sort of quite bizarre sort of uh, character where she just wouldn't get it. Or Michaela Cole. Yes, you could do Michaela Cole. That that would work as well. That would be. Who else could you have? Jamila Jamil, maybe. Jamilia. Jamila. Jamila. Well, Jamila. Yeah. yeah Jamila so, as yes. well. Oh, so, yeah. I like the fact that you know you're. we're of an of an age where we recognise who Jamilia actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Jamilia lives upstairs. 
<laughs> all the ages are completely off. But like it's it's very much like a sort of London. It's a it's a London sitcom, isn't it? It, it really. And she's of, Birmingham, so she wouldn't. Yeah, so would, it, would it fit? No, 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 you can't can't have that. So um, yeah, what? Yeah, I think where could, could it could it work? elsewhere in the country could you do a manchester one would that end up being a bit like two pints i think you can do a manchester one. Oh well yeah it would it'd be, be too grim similar. yeah it'd be too grim no, it'd, be, it? no, it'd be too similar to two pints because they'd be in a pub wouldn't they yeah so yeah time. even though two pints filmed in london do you think do i you think, think you, did it yeah do you think you could do it as an aged cast do you think you could do a reunion with like gary and neil and leslie and caroline quentin all coming back to play the same characters ah uh, so you do a reboot yeah okay so how would the characters have progressed how old would, they, how old would they be they'd be in this well clunes would be in his like early late 60s early well late 60s early 70s as would caroline yeah no Mar morrissey i think he's in neil's in his early 60s i'd say okay so he's got he's got a, a degenerative disease <laughs> And it has to move in for, for, for hospice care. And that's the arc of the entire two, two series, because that's all they get to. Uh, and then Leslie Ash finally uh, acquiesces and just on the deathbed, noshes him off. Wonderful. Yeah, that's how that would work. Excellent. Okay. To, to lovely string music. Oh. Yeah. And then happy ending. Happy endings all around. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> how long have we done, Ashley? Five? Okay, so... I say that's a podcast, man. That's a podcast. I've had that's a, a I've had a lot of fun doing yeah, that. I I've I've had a lot of fun chatting to you about men behaving badly. It's it's a weird series for me because it it hit exactly at my adolescence at the age of about twelve thirteen. Ah. And we used to buy the VHS of it. And so did you have like all the episodes on on VHS? No, I wasn't a completionist, but I did have like about six or seven. So I'd seen a lot of the same episodes over and over, over, and over again. again. And I thought that's what being a a 30 year old would be like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know um and it's you know i've moved to london um just, i don't have a housemate anymore but, no well uh, technically you do just a permanent one yeah this um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no it's been wicked it's been wicked to do this and have a little little chat in voxel premiere voxel podcast making studio all right so look into that camera sir look into your camera and uh, tell people where they can find you online and everywhere else. Hi. You can find me online at Strange Brew Comedy Night on Instagram. There you will see all of our fantastic lineups that are coming up to um, perform in Deptford at Little Faith Tap Room on Three Creekside. Uh, we do first Thursday of every month. And if you're up for, for, for performing, get in touch. All right. Cool. Uh, Thanks very much, guys, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Woo. Woo. That was fun. There you are.